Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Big Four tonight. Like one night only. It's the Big Four tournament back, baby. Got a doubleheader on uh, on the ACC network. It starts yeah, just like old times. There's a 9 o'clock tip. Of course. Of course. 7 o'clock, you got Duke visiting NC State. And then at 9 o'clock, you've got Wake Forest visiting North Carolina. Joe, where would you like to start for tonight's Big Four festivities? Uh, let's start with the Wolfpack okay. and, the, and the importance of this game. And I just don't see how there's any way they could make the NCAA tournament without winning this game. This is the second time this year I felt like we NC State has a must-win game. Mm-hmm. First one was Kansas that they lost. Yeah, we talk about with the NCAA tournament, we, we, we sit here and we talk about opportunities. Correct. More often than not. And I know your argument with the NCAA tournament, you can't like lose a game and find yourself on the outside looking in. My argument tends to be, if you lose the wrong games, you're certainly putting yourself in the conversation to be grouped in with a bunch of other bubble teams and then that you be used against you. But you can overcome some of those things, like a, a bad schedule or a bad loss, if you can get some signature wins. And that's NC State's problem right now. Based on what we've seen so far this season, they had like a almost had it. It would have been nice to have the Kansas game earlier earlier this year. And then they stacked a, a decent decent wins. After that, against Dayton, Butler, and William and & Mary. But then they lose to Pitt. I want to apologize to Pitt, by the way, because when NC State lost to Pitt, it was like, State, what are you guys doing? Now, look at home. Who, yeah. At home. Like, so, State, as a 10-point favorite. What are you doing? Like, seriously. Yeah. I like Jeff Capel, but Pitt can't seem to get out of its own way a good chunk of time. And here's Pitt at 4-0 in the league with good wins over North Carolina. What did they do last night, and Joe? Virginia. They they have those Q one wins now. Those yeah. are going to be really important for them, and they're probably there's probably a rule of what you you want to call it the rule of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like how many teams are there really going to be? Like if you were NC State this year, you wanted to be in the top five, top six of the ACC. Mm-hmm. You wanted to try to beat Carolina. You needed a win over maybe a Duke or a Virginia. How many of those teams that aren't named Duke or Carolina or Virginia are really going to get in? Well, Pitt's taking one of those spots. They're going to take or, one of those spots. Let's put it this way. It is January. There's still a lot of hockey left. But Pitt is putting themselves in a position to be in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. NC State could have done that with a road win at Miami. Didn't happen. Which they were leading at the half and playing really well for about 35 minutes. Miami adjusted defensively. NC State did not counter. And the rest is history. They go down to Clemson. Clemson's always been an issue uh, for the Wolfpack, especially on the road. For the 800th year in a row, NC State has a better roster than Clemson, yep. and yet somehow Brad Brownell finds a way to beat NC State with an inferior S- roster. Squeezes the life out of the Wolfpack on the road every single time. Yeah, home and away, really. I guess home and away. Uh, there That's was one true. Braxton Beverly three that was That's a, true. That's true. That's true. So here we are tonight. But if you're an NC State fan, it's Duke at PNC Arena. Oh, so what you're saying is there's a chance, Joe. It's funny. I was looking at Ken Palm this morning, and I'm just like, okay, you know, what? Kind of looking around, poking around, looking at the looking at the stats and everything else. I'm like, oh, what is what does Ken Palm have tonight's game? Oh, only seventy two seventy. That's interesting. Thinky face emoji. 
And as a lot of people have pointed out, and I know the stat's going to come up tonight plenty on the broadcast, uh, West Durham, who we'll talk to in about an hour and 15 minutes, I'm sure we'll bring it up. NC State's won, what, five out of their last six against Duke at PNC Arena? They don't win at Cameron. But no. That's not, not against happen. Mike Krzyzewski. No. Certainly not. But they can beat, and they have beaten Mike Krzyzewski from roll pack to butt slaps and everything else. So there is a chance for NC State tonight. Yeah, there's a chance. I mean, North- Duke, Duke's not a machine. They're not. Uh, but Duke still has a size advantage. Jack Clark, apparently, according to the dark webs tonight, not playing for the Wolfpack. Their stretch four, that, that leaves them you know, even thinner than they already were. Yeah. Um, I can already hear the excuses coming. You know, Dusan Mahorsic not playing, Jack Clark not playing. You know, the truth of the matter is, I think tonight is one of those, can somebody pull Lakeista McCullough tonight? Who? Who could do it? Who? Oh, come on now. You remember Lakeista McCullough. I do not. Yes, you do. I do not remember. One five ninety five Reynolds Coliseum. Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't moved here yet. Lakeista, six threes. 24 points. Oh, oh, okay, hold on. Are you NC are State you, beats Carolina, number are, one Carolina. Are you saying that NC State needs the CC Harrison game? Yes, that that was in your wheelhouse. That was 98. That's 98, when I was, that was CC goes yeah. to uh, it was in Chapel, Chapel Hill. Hill. Valentine's Day, if I remember correctly. It was correctly. the only time Herb ever beat a coach not named Matt Darty mm-hmm. in the Smith Center. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was a huge game from CC Harrison. There have been others against Duke. And Ganatzer had four threes, 21 points. Oh, and, and then 2007. ACC tournament. We had Courtney Fells, <laughs> four threes, twenty-one points against Carolina in 07. I, I don't want to go like full Obi Wan here, but that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> even or you want to jump ahead to the uh, Kevin Keats era? Al Freeman. Yeah. Remember when he had seven yeah. threes over yes. at Smith Center? Yes. The last true hero for a day though against Duke. Ready? Dennis Smith, four threes in the game that didn't count. The dunk that didn't count. The dunk that didn't count. Thirty-two points, Dennis Smith that day. With your boy Jeff Cable sitting in for Mike Shevsky. That's right. There's the there's the there's the Shashevsky factor of winning at Cameron Indoor. So that's NC State can beat Duke tonight. To your point, you could have one guy has the game of his life, Terquavion Smith. I mean, let's post. all now turn and stare at Terquavion Smith and see what and, he can and, do tonight. And see what he can do. But the problem the problem that I have against this, but Duke Duke under John Shire so far has been a weird mixed bag from injuries. Earlier in the year, where you haven't had the complete group, they're not a dynamically off. They're, offensively, they're not dynamic at all. This is, for lack of a better term, uh, an old school defensive yeah. Duke team. There's uh, a lot of plumbing going on with this Duke team. It's been admirable what John Shire has been able to get out of this squad yep. without his two, the, the two players who we went into the year thinking are going to be my two best players: mm-hmm. Derek Lively, a true five, and Derek Whitehead, kind of that Jason Tatum type three who could square up and score on just about anybody. You know, those are the two guys they really were counting on this year. They just haven't been healthy enough to kind of put it all together. Now, they'll play tonight, of course, as everyone who pointed out when Duke lost at Wake Forest. Well, you do know when Lively and Whitehead will be back. (laughs) Check's calendar. They'll be back on January 4th. No, but I think to me the, the the key here is that Duke does one thing really, really well, right? Well, one thing I say defensively. But they limit teams from shooting the three, sure. and they're big. And that's going to be a big problem for NC State, which you mentioned Mahorsic earlier in this conversation. DJ Burns is a lot of fun, and he's he's been a, a bright spot so far, at least for fans. 
You are hyped up, though, for the Ryan Young big boy matchup, It's aren't a you? big boy matchup tonight. Ryan Young has put in some yeoman work minutes for the Blue Devils. And, yes, you're going to see DJ Burns and Ryan Young playing a game that you wouldn't be shocked if you found it in a lawyer's league several years removed from playing in college. Last time we were at P- Also, one thing I'm, I am fascinated by tonight, what kind of whistle does Shire get? Because you remember how giddy I was to, he won't. to see Nolan Smith Louisville at PNC Arena. I, there are a few things I enjoy more than life than seeing a Carolina or a Duke player, former Duke player, mm-hmm. coming over to PNC without without grandpa or without dad around yeah. and not realizing what life is like when you don't have that jersey on, when you don't have Coach K with you, when you don't have Roy Williams with you. So we'll see what kind of whistle Duke gets tonight. So 9 o'clock tonight, we've got North Carolina and Wake Forest. Wake Forest like we've talked about with NC State, has gone out there and won some games that give them the opportunity to get into the NCAA tournament discussion. That's with a win at home against Duke and this past uh, VT. this past weekend against Virginia Tech. And they went at Wisconsin, too. So they're looking good. They're much better. At, they're way ahead of where they were at this point last yes. year, even though you might look at their record and go, well, it's not quite the same. Carolina, it's funny. Carolina is an easy conversation to have. Actually, you and I were joking about it off the air yesterday when we were catching I'm, up on I wasn't things from the break. No, just from the break, we were yeah. just being facetious about this. We're being over the top. <laughs> North Carolina is not hard to figure out. No, their best players have to be their best players. Yes. If not, they're they're gonna they're gonna find themselves like what happened against Pitt. Defensively, they're not a good team. Defensively, this is not a team that Roy Williams would be happy to see playing. But when their guys are on, well, then yeah, they can roll with one of the best teams in the country. That's my only concern with the Tar Heels so far. I have not seen enough defensive consistency from them to make me truly believe that they're a national title contender. And that's what we're judging the Tar Heels on. Oh, based the off standard what is the standard. Yeah. The sta- it's ba- even if it wasn't the standard, we're basing it off of last year and what we saw what they were capable of. But to me, Carolina really is a simple equation. If their three main guys, if their big three are on, then they're going to win basketball games. If they're not, like what happened at Pitt where Caleb Love – once again found themselves in a slump, well, they allowed Pitt back in that game. Pitt took advantage. They got that win. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete of Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, is it still true that a million is enough to retire on? Tim, maybe and maybe not. The most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive. We'll give that away to the next 10 people. Call right now. The number to call, 800-691-3215. Text TIM to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215 or text TIM to 600-700 for that deal. Just look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. Much like NC State's video marketing department. They do, they do wonderful work over there. I love all the things that all the schools do as part of their hype videos. They do awesome work. I really enjoy it when they take something we've talked about and use it as a backdrop. State's not the first ones to do it, but they're the latest ones to do it. And they, uh, for some reason, decided to include some of our conversation for tonight's NC State Duke game. So, we'll pack an action tonight against Duke. Charles in action against Wake Forest. But last night, we had the Hurricanes, and the win streak finally came to an end. Everybody was happy to see Peter Kochekov back in net. And even though he couldn't see some of those shots, this uh, is what it is, 5-3, a 5-3 win for the Rangers. Uh, to me, the takeaway from the game was that every time the Rangers looked like they were going to put this thing away, the Canes found a way to answer. Kind of shows you the resiliency of the group, even as the streak uh, can take a toll on you. 
Adam Gold does Kane's Corner. You can listen to those podcasts the morning after. Check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Here's two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. All right, boys, I got two minutes for it all coming to an end. Last night at Madison Square Garden, of all places, aren't we all embarrassed? No, we're not embarrassed, but the 11-game winning streak is over. 17 games extracting at least a point from a match is now over as the Hurricanes lose 5-3 at the Garden. Yes, of course, Mika Zibanejad scored because Mika Zibanejad always scores against Carolina. Those are the rules. We can't do anything about them, apparently. Here's the deal. Pyotr Kachetkov came back last night. He really had some awesome moments, but there were a couple that weren't very good. Zibanejad sits around the score. On the stick of Artemi Panarin, he'll let a shot go to score. Kochetkov never saw it. And all I ask, Hurricanes fans, is that we treat Kochetkov like we would treat, oh, Auntie Ranta. So when Kochetkov allows two bad goals, we have to acknowledge that they were two bad goals. If Auntie Ranta had allowed those goals, we would have all given birth because that's what happens when Auntie Ranta allows a bad goal. He stinks! Throw him in a tire bin and set it on fire! No, Kachetkov was otherwise excellent last night. He didn't look like he missed a beat, but he allowed two bad goals. It's all right. I'm sure he'll play tomorrow against Nashville, and he'll be fine. In fact, he'll probably be great because we love Pyotr Kachetkov, but we should also love Auntie Ranta. One worry, and then I want you to hear from the head coach because nobody believes me. My worry is the third periods have been a problem for Carolina this year. They're underwater in the third period. They're minus six in goals for and goals against. Plus 15 in the first period, plus 12 in the second period. Minus six in the third. That's an issue. The other is, if you don't believe me that Carolina kind of came off their game and Piotr wanted a couple of goals back and they really weren't that good in the second and third, listen to your head coach. We weren't really very good in the third, so, um, you know, it's a tough, tough game. I, I liked how we started, but, you know, then there was some, just some weird kind of things that went on, and you know, we never really got going. We came off it tonight, and it, it was going to happen at some point. And that's two minutes. Thanks to my boys and girls at Dice Art Willis. This is the <laughs> I'm sorry, did Gold say anything? I was too busy vibing out to the doors the entire time. I was I was completely lost in the music. I'm just I'm glad it was two minutes and not ten minutes, which is how long the end plays. Fun fact, if you ever uh listened to radio back in the day when they uh, FM radio, music radio Julio, mm-hmm. when they actually had DJs there yeah. and they played it off of physical media as opposed to a computer where you can just line a bunch of music up together or whatever, you knew the DJ had to go to the bathroom. If they played certain songs. Stairway. Stairway was one of them. Freebird. Freebird is definitely up there. L.A. Woman and Riders on the Storm, another one. Now, good luck filing a clean copy of, uh, or, uh, I guess there's nothing wrong with the end. It's just kind of a weird song that goes for about 10 minutes. Anyway, sorry, I digress. I got lost in the end. Uh, I got it, though. The end of the point streak and, and everything else. I do love it when Gold wants to argue with fans on uh, on the air about stuff. Bring that same energy for Peter Kochetkov. You know better than that. People don't want to upset Coochie. Love him up. That's what you do. Auntie Ranta, different story altogether. A little news with 
um, the NFL, it looks like nothing is going to change for week 18. A lot of speculation as to what the NFL is going to do with um, with what happened on Monday night football with the postponement of the game or the suspension of the game. They still don't know what they're going to do with the game. Uh, from the AP story, NFL is still considering various options following the suspension of that game, including possibly eliminating the bye week before the Super Bowl. But as far as the next games, like Bills-Patriots and the next uh, Bengals game, it is on uh, by you know, nothing has changed uh, in that regard. They just don't know what to do with the game itself that was supposed to be played on Monday night, which does have seating implications for the playoffs. I, it's This is one of those weird conversations, Joe, where on one hand, you're trying to be respectful, mindful of what we saw on Monday night. You're trying to be respectful and mindful of the players uh, who have to go out there after this event, uh, watching one of their teammates, as you've pointed out, literally die on the football field and be resuscitated. Reports have indicated that he actually was resuscitated twice um, by the time they got him into stable but critical condition. Uh, and Various reports indicate that Hamlin is improving in relative terms, that they're at least optimistic based on what they've seen so far. All that being said, the NFL is still trying to figure out a way to play these games and be mindful of the of the mental state of both the Bengals and the Bills. And it looks like week week, week 18 is on. Games are going to go on as scheduled. You also have to factor that, you know, unfortunately one of the reasons it was such a spotlight game is these were two teams vying for the number one seed yep. in the AFC. And that still needs to be sorted. The division titles need to be sorted. And, and those are all things that they can figure out. You can, you know, you want to, Take a page from soccer. You want to go point differential? The NFL does have that amongst yes. its tiebreak rules. You can go to the you know conference games, point differential. Um, so we've we've actually seen some of that before. I don't think we'll get to the coin toss option. I hope we don't get to the coin toss no, option. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. The Bengals have a one-game lead over the Ravens in the AFC North, and they're in the mix for the top seed, yeah. as you mentioned. Uh, the Chiefs surpassed the Bills for the number one seed, obviously, it, all depends on what happens on Monday night. But of night. course, the Bills beat the Chiefs in the regular season. So, so to to your point, I, I think this is what we have to just come to grips with, and I think it does require a lot of rewiring of what we're told, especially sure. from the NFL's perspective. The game, the shield, the game. Nothing, nobody's above the game. We always hear all th- that kind of language, that kind of rhetoric. The game isn't that important. As you just laid out, there are different ways, given the circumstances, to figure out who belongs where in playoff seating. We also have to understand that home field advantage ain't what it used to be. You can look at any number of playoff results and, and see yeah. that it's not what it once was. Uh, I think sometimes it's its, its own fan-made, media-made construct. As if to I'm the matters. Chiefs and I'm Patrick Mahomes, I don't want to play on that frozen turf after four years in a row of only mm-hmm. getting there once. So there is some of that. I think hopefully this week it was the splash of water to the face of how we talk about things and understanding that the game isn't so sacred that you can't move on from it and find a different way, an alternative way to do it. I'm with you. There's more ways to do it with point differentials and conference records and everything else than the coin flip. I think the coin flip is so random 
we have enough data, I think, over the yeah. course of 18 weeks I mean, to understand yeah, this. Yeah, well, you, they'd have one missing data point. So I would, I would suggest going to some sort of point differential. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to do it. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.